the lining of the uterus is a is a functional, hormonally responsive area. So, in other words, um, it responds to circulating levels of estrogen and progesterone. And as the as the woman goes through her ovarian cycle, we start to see an increase in the estrogen, and that is uh, basically an anabolic type of steroid for endometrial tissue, so it causes it to grow. And just as the, the tissue inside the uterus grows in preparation for a possible uh, conception and, and implantation, so these little areas of endometriosis, in other words, these little areas of ectopic endometrial tissue inside the pelvis or inside the muscle wall, uh, in the case of adenomyosis, will respond to the circulating levels of estrogen. So in other words, the endometrial tissue outside of the uterus doesn't know it's outside the uterus. It still responds in the same way that it would inside the uterus. So you have proliferation, it grows, and at the end of the month, if you're not pregnant, you have bleeding inside the uterus, which is called menstruation, bleeding inside the pelvis, which causes a lot of uh, pain, and it can predispose to things called adhesions, where the organs start to become stuck to one another. And uh, that's one of the ways in which it can affect fertility. So so you've got this functional endometrial tissue in a completely abnormal site, and it goes through monthly cyclical changes, and that's, and that's why it causes cyclical pain. It's associated with these cyclical changes in that tissue. And that's also the, the basis of hormonal manipulation in order to treat the symptoms. If you switch off the ovarian cycle, um, you basically can stop this entire process from from cycling as it does every month. And so you can reduce their, their pain and also their disease progression to, to, you know, to a point. Yeah, there will be some similarities. Uh, I think the big similarities will be menstrual pain or pain, pelvic pain, which becomes worse with menstruation or is amplified during menstruation. Classically, there would be intermenstrual um, relief of the pain, but as if women are exposed to chronic pain, you can get a, 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 a syndrome, which is a chronic pain syndrome. So if you're exposed to painful stimulus for long enough, eventually you set up an aberrant pain pathway. And these patients end up having pain which does not go away, even though they're not menstruating. And uh, so they have a chronic pelvic pain syndrome, which becomes extremely difficult to, to manage, because even when you've removed the cause of their pain, um, and there's no visible evidence of the disease, they still have pain because you've, they've, they've set up these aberrant pain pathways. So it's important for these women not to be... It's important to, to at some point, deal with the cause and, and not only mm. deal with the symptoms. Because mm. I think often endometriosis is about symptomatic management and symptomatic relief, which doesn't really address the actual cause of the pain. So probably from your first menstruation, you can be affected by the symptoms associated with endometriosis. Mm. We know that it's accumulative. So in other words, once endometriosis is established within the pelvis, it tends to increase in terms of its presence. So it's almost like a snowball effect. And so the symptoms tend to worsen over time. Now, um, if you say, well, who would be more commonly diagnosed? We know it takes on average seven years from your first symptoms till when you are diagnosed as having endometriosis. So in other words, generally speaking, women are failed by, by medicine at this point in time in that they present 
with symptoms of endometriosis but are only diagnosed nearly a decade later. So, so while these women may present in their teens, they may only be diagnosed in their 20s. Is it, what could be attributed to this? Is it a lack of knowledge? Is it a lack of um, uh, research? What what could be the the factors behind this behind this misdiagnosis? Well, I think there's probably several, and I think the one is that while we've talked about the three primary um, presenting factors, many of these things are 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 associated with other symptoms. For instance abdominal bloating, cramping, and this can often be diagnosed as irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, very often it's attributed to uh, chronic constipation, and so the patients are you know, prescribed um, sort of empiric treatment, things like mm. muscopan, um, mm. stool softeners, um, that sort of thing. Um, the younger patients usually aren't pursuing fertility yet. So that that is not a symptom which they are presenting with. And they may not be sexually active. So their mm. only symptom is then painful menstruation. And I think there's almost been an institutionalized thinking for women. You know, certainly if you were if you presented to your gynecologist uh, thirty years ago and you said I'm having painful periods, the gynae would probably tell you, well that was payback for uh, giving Adam the apple. <laughs> and uh, mm. and so so that's kind of what the, the moms were told. And then mm. the moms have daughters who also have painful periods. And then she says, well, you know, I also had painful periods. It's part of being a woman. Mm. And I, when I went to my gynae, he told me that's, that's what being a woman is about. And so there's almost this, you know, cultural feeling that, well, that's that's part of being a woman. You it's know? normal. Mm. Mm. Those, and, and so the daughter's going to just start that too. And uh, so I think there's a lot of that. I think there's also a reluctance to operate patients and offer definitive treatment or to start hormonal treatment on young patients. Mm. And I think I've seen that in certain communities. If you say, look, I'm going to start your, your daughter on a contraceptive pill to reduce her menstrual pain, the immediate feeling of the mother is if you put her on the pill, you're giving her permission to have intercourse. Mm. And um, so there is reluctance on the patient of the pa- on, on, on the po- point of the parent to perhaps using hormonal manipulation. They feel that the, their daughter is too young to, to have this type of medication. Uh, you don't want to necessarily operate these young patients unnecessarily. And um, so there's this, this unhappy tension where it's almost like, well, we don't want to give medicine, we don't want to do surgery, and, and so the patient is treated symptomatically. And uh, I think that's what happens with a lot of patients. Mm. Uh, and in the worst case, uh, the patient is, is uh, felt to maybe be malingering. Uh, you know, the, the suggestion is maybe this is a, a psychological thing, they're looking for attention, it's, it's got to do with, you know, attention-seeking behavior, and they, and they sort of get ostracized. Um, and, and, of course, every time they complain about their menstrual pain, their, their parents who have now taken them to the doctor may feel, ah, this is just, uh, they're just looking for attention again. Mm. So, so all of these scenarios can play out.